Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to At Home in Connecticut, your guide to all aspects of daily living in Connecticut. Hosted by Bill Pierce and produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome. My guests this morning, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Olson, who is a geriatrician at the UConn Center on Aging at UConn Health, and uh, Lenny Ferry, who is a resident of Avon Health Center and a decorated World War II veteran. Our subject this morning is going to be successful aging. Uh, Doctor, uh, good morning and welcome. Lenny, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having us. And glad to have you both here this morning. Uh, Dr. Olson, first of all, can you, you describe Mr. Ferry? He's 99 years of age uh, and certainly is an example of successful aging. Uh, what does that mean? So the exact definition of successful aging isn't exactly described, and it may mean different things to different people. The term was actually first um, developed in the late 1980s, but there really involves three main factors, being uh, free of disability or disease, having high cognitive and physical abilities, and being able to interact with others in a meaningful way. Um, We feel that there are both intrinsic, meaning genetic, and and extrinsic factors that contribute to that. Extrinsic factors can be like diet, exercise, um, lack of tobacco use, and moderate alcohol intake. And Mr. Ferry is certainly the example of successful aging, as you said. Absolutely. Uh, Lenny, uh, what do you do to stay active, healthy, and sharp, as I mentioned, at uh, age 99? Yeah, well, I I attend just about everything they do over there. They have... About every two hours, they have something going on. They're either games or cards or just talking about different things around. And that's a daily thing, except at the weekends. And it, I mean, they don't, they don't have anything at all. But but during the week, you keep busy. And a couple of nights of the week, too, we, we play bingo a couple of nights, so. And that's that's got to be important to stay active and keep the mind working. Keep your mind going all the time. That's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, we have that type of, type of games where you got to remember mm-hmm. way back or like name the cities that begin with C or mm-hmm. name places that begin with C or D, whatever they choose to. Yeah, a lot of younger it, people It's fun. It's that. fun. And it, like you say, it keeps your mind active. Absolutely. Doctor, now I mentioned at the top you're a geriatrician, but you're also a transitionist. Exactly what is that? So a transitionist is a physician who specializes in transitional care, which is any change in location, uh, such as hospital to home or hospital to rehab level or providers involved in a patient's care team. Um, The transitionalist role really emerged um, probably within the past decade or so due to the increasing recognition within the medical community of the complexity of a transitioning patient's care. Um, It's becoming more and more common for hospital stays to be shorter with subsequent discharge to a rehab facility. And 
these transitions are very vulnerable times for patients. Um, errors, breakdowns in communication, and poor outcomes like rehospitalizations can commonly occur. Um, transitional care specialists like me recognize the value of coordinated care. So my job at UConn Health, um, specifically coordinating with Avon Health Center, is to enhance that communication, specifically between patients, families, the hospital, um, Avon Health Center specifically, any outpatient providers, that are going to be involved in a patient's care as they transition. Um, it's a very complicated puzzle, as you can imagine. And as a geriatrician, um, I care for some of, if not the most, most complex patients in our healthcare sec uh, system. And that complexity with transitions really meets my expertise's and other geriatricians' uh, needs. Lenny, uh, what's it like for you? Uh, what was it like for you when you left the hospital and went to uh, Avon Health Center? Well, I was confused mostly, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what to do or what to say or anything, but they gave me medication anyway, and it, it sort of got me into a different world. I don't know. I, I didn't know where I was or doing, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a little while until I my pain eased up, and I, I started doing some exercise and things. Then it eased up, and it felt a lot better. And that's uh, that's where someone like you, Dr. Olson, uh, comes into play here. Now, how does your, your role as a transitionist fit into the, the larger effort of reducing hospital readmissions, and why is that so important? Right. Um, the transitions of care are very vulnerable times for any patient, but especially our older adult population. So when you consider the medical and social complexity of an older adult at a recent hospitalization with possibly new doctors, new medications, and discharge potentially to a rehab center, which is a new care environment, um, there's really an opportunity for breakdowns and um, lack of communication. So my um, concern is that one of the most um, startling statistics we have is that one in five Medicare patients are typically rehospitalized within 30 days, um, which is a staggering number. Um, so to prevent this, I try to communicate with all of the important stakeholders in a patient's care, including the patient, the family members, primary care doctors, uh, subspecialists, and that often happens multiple times during a patient's rehab state, always at the beginning and end, um, but making sure that any follow-up appointments are communicated and any other myriad issues that need follow-up are addressed. This seems to really improve patient's care and to improve outcomes. And Lenny, now that you live at Avon Health Center, you mentioned you're, you're very busy. What is a normal day like for you, and are you still able to do most of the things you want to do? Well, you can't do what you want to do, truthfully, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they keep you busy. I mean, mm -hmm. it keeps you, I do, anyway, I, I feel like if I feel like attending something, I'll go. If I don't, I'll just hang around, sit down, and anybody wants to talk, we'll talk. But, but it's, it's, it's okay for the situation I'm in now. I'm satisfied. Well, that's that's the the most important thing too, and as as we mentioned earlier, it's just just staying sharp in that intercommunication with other people. It's not not a point where you want to just sit there by yourself and, and ignore everything that's going on around that's you. That's right. That's right. Just just watch what people going by or whatever. <laughs> you know. Dr. Olson, uh, what are some examples of things that uh, could work against a patient during their transition of care? Which, as you mentioned, it can be a very fragile time. Sure. So um, definitely any change in a care plan, whether that be with medications, new doctors, 
um, lots of follow-up appointments. Anything that really adds complexity to a patient's care is really um, one of the biggest things that can really affect a patient's transition. I'm trying to have the coordinated care, making sure that everybody's in communication with each other is really the most important thing that we can hope for our patients. And I think that that that's probably true even for many younger people because all of this uh, at any age can be a very difficult time trying to get everything coordinated so that you are given the best care possible. Absolutely. And it's especially important for our older folks that may have uh, comorbidities such as cognitive impairment or um, social factors that may not come into play with some of our younger patients. And Lenny, before we go, uh, do you have any advice that you can give the rest of us uh, as we age uh, so we can age as well as you have? Well, keep busy. That's true. Keep busy. Mind busy. Physically, keep mm-hmm. busy. Keep walking. Do a lot of walking. Yeah. I used to walk two miles every morning, rain, snow, whatever mm-hmm. the temperature or the situation was outside. And then I'd come back into the room and the, the apartment that I was living in. I'd be walking around all day long and different things, doing different things. If not, just walking up and down the aisles in the in the place that I was living. But I do say for people to stop walking and keep on walking because that's the best thing you can do. Absolutely. Not, not run around no. or anything. It keeps your mind busy, keeps you busy, and it keeps you breathing. Well, that's good and uh, best to you and uh, many more years of, of a healthy life uh, yeah. at Avon Health and wherever you may be. I get- did, all right. Did all that stuff. Okay. All right. Thank you both. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Dr. Jacqueline Olson, who is a geriatrician at the Yukon Center on Aging at Yukon Health, and Lenny Ferry, who's a resident of Avon Health Center and a decorated World War II veteran, age 99. That's our program for this morning. I'm Bill Pierce. Join me again next Sunday. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 